So this is our, our one big give service. If you're new with us today, to this weekend service is a little different than our normal services. And uh, everything you heard, you know, about, you know, people saying, you know, churches are just about the money, they're just about the offering, that's actually true today, all right? That's just, that's true today, not normally, just today. And the reason why is every single penny that comes in today, we're giving it away. We're giving it, it's going to go outside of these four walls, and we're excited to do it. Amen. We are excited to do it. So, the, so today the service is the offering, and the offering is the service. It's just one big offering is what today is. But before we do, we're actually going to celebrate a little bit together. And I know it's Christmas time, and people are like, man, you picked a terrible time to do this. Or we picked a great time to do this. Amen. We can kind of get outside of ourselves and watch what God does in the last few remaining days of 2022. Some of us have been waiting for this offering all year long because we, last February, filled out our vision lists. And on our vision list, there was a number that we prayed about that the Lord encouraged us to give away over the next few months of 2022. And there's a, there's a few days remaining, and this is our opportunity to just allow the Lord to use us um, in the area of generosity. And so we're going to celebrate a little bit today. We're going to talk about the future a little bit today. And then we're going we're to just receive one big offering and give it all away. Amen? Amen? So let's pray. Father, we love you. What a privilege, Father, uh, that you would use us to, uh, to be a part of what you're doing, not just in Mays County, all over the world. And Lord, as we celebrate all that you've done in 2022 and look forward to the opportunity that we have as a a church to just continue to reach people with the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ in 2023, God, we're expectant, we're hopeful. Lord, we've already prayed, we've already come prepared to give, we're excited about this day. And Lord, I just thank you that uh, even though today's more of a celebration, Lord, that you would still lead us and you would guide us in these moments in Jesus' name. Amen. So anytime I get to this, this time of the year, this offering that we receive every year, um, it's typically the weekend before Christmas, um, I can't help but think of, I told you last week that I'm convinced all the great music was already written in the 80s and the 90s. Remember that? I made mention of that, all the great music was written then. They're, they're actually pretty good music out now. But there was an old song by Ray Bolts called Thank You. Anybody remember that song? A few people? Yeah. Thank you for giving to the Lord. And so the lyrics go, um, I, I dreamed I went to heaven. You were there with me. We walked along the streets of gold beside the crystal sea, right? And it kind of goes through and it talks about all of these different people that we bumped into in heaven and what they had to say to you, right? And in one of the, one of the lyrics of the song was, another man stood before you. He said, remember the time a missionary came to your church. His pictures made you cry. You didn't have much money, but you gave it anyway. Jesus took the gift you gave, and that's why I'm here today. And that, I mean, 
Still to this day, I'll listen to it, and those lyrics move me. And I remember, I remember being in services. Of course, I got saved at 17, so it's not like I was raised in church, but I can remember sitting in some of the churches that I worshiped at, and the the churches would bring in missionaries or people, and they um, they would start to kind of show the pictures and tell the stories of what was going on. And I can, I can remember being moved to tears and thinking about, gosh, it is a different world out there. And it is. If you've never spent any time with a missionary, then, then you really don't know. But they see things on the missions field that you and I only read or hear about. And the reason why is simply because they have no choice but to believe God. They have no choice but to believe God. You and I, we pray for our food, but more, it's more like just a prayer of thanksgiving. Lord, thank you. Rub-a-dub-dub. Bless the grub. Right? That's kind of like our Because by and large, our food's pretty safe. Like you can drink the tap water here. Some of you are like, uh-uh, Britta. No, no. You, you, can, you can actually drink the tap water here um, and not get sick. Like it may taste funny, but you're not going to get sick. There... Like, the, there is no tap water that's safe to drink in a lot of these villages. And so we've actually been a part of, of drilling clean water wells for a lot of these uh, organizations that we partner with so they can have fresh water. Amen, everyone? Amen. Just, we underestimate fresh water. I've, I went to, I went to um, Lima, Peru, and I've traveled all around South America several different times, and I, I can remember the very first time I went, all, all I did was rinse my toothbrush in the water. I'm like, I'm not drinking the water. I'm just rinsing the, tooth, the toothpaste off of my toothbrush. Oh, buddy. It wasn't a few hours, and all of a sudden, my belly started going. You know what I mean? And I had to believe God. I was a missionary. Amen. I, I was not going to a hospital in a, in a you know, foreign country. Um, but I had to believe God to get through that. We don't have to do that here. Amen. And so I can remember watching those videos or hearing those stories and being so compelled. I just wanted to be a part of it. Just wanted to be a part of it. Just wanted to go where no one else was going. Just wanted to do what no one else was doing. Wanted to give so they could continue to do the work. But I also remember this feeling of, I just ain't got anything to give. You know, I've I've got $5. I could put $5 in the offering and help them. But in my mind, I was thinking, what's $5 going to do to to really make a difference in a community uh, like that? What's $5 really going to do? But if you think about it, I mean, we've got probably just under 400 people in service this weekend, right? If all of us gave $5, right? Five times 500, you guys do the math. Or 400, you guys do the math. Like, we can make a difference if we just do our part. Amen, everyone? And so I want to talk about that. Jesus actually had a lot to say in this area in Luke chapter 21. What I have found out through the years is if I would just be, if I would just have the heart of generosity. The Bible talks about he gives seed to the sower. In other words, if I just self-identified, there's a buzzword, if I just self-identified as a generous person, right, I'm a giver, then all of a sudden opportunity would find me to give. Resources would find me 
to give. And the Bible talks about in Luke chapter 21, Jesus is at the temple. He's watching people come and give. So like the offering buckets were being passed, if you will. As he looked up, verse 1, he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw, look at this, a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. And then look how he encourages his disciples. Truly, I tell you, he said, this poor widow has put in more than all of the others. All these people gave, out of their, or gave, gifts, gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. Jesus recognized that it wasn't the size of the gift, but it was the size of the heart when giving. Amen, everyone? And we recognize what God has done in us and for us, and we just want to be a part of it. We've always said that. Man, my life has been changed. I want to be a part of life change. Because my life has been changed, I want to be a part of life change. Let's look at another story. Now, last week we, we told you the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. Apparently this was a fairly common practice because there's another story in Matthew chapter 15 where Jesus fed 4,000 people. And again, they only counted the men. So if every dude had a chick, right? Every chick had 2.5 kids. Like we, he fed a lot of people here, right? Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. They've already been with me for three days and they have nothing to eat. I don't want to send them away hungry or they may collapse on the way. His disciples answered, where can we get enough bread in this remote place to feed such a crowd? And again, it's not a matter of if they could afford it. That wasn't the question. Where are we going to get that much bread? Like there ain't no bakeries around, okay? Like where are we going to get this much bread? Um, verse 34, how many loaves do you have? In other words, Jesus is like, well, what'd you bring? Like, how many loaves do we have? Seven, they replied, and a few, look at the wording, small fish. In other words, there was this, this, this understanding that we ain't got enough. We've got seven loaves of bread, and there's 4,000 men here, and every man had a chick, and every chick had 2.5. Like, there's a lot of folks. And they're underestimating what they did have. To the point that they said seven loaves and, and a few small fish. Like, Lord, what are we going to do with that? Right? Can you hear their tone? Yeah. Just a few small fish. That's a lot. And I think a lot of us look at an offering like today and we're like, I, I just got this small amount that I can give. Can I encourage you not to underestimate your seed? Right. Don't underestimate your seed. Be careful to give it the value that it deserves. God's not saying empty out your entire checking account. He may, he may say that to someone. He, he may. He said that to us before, and we've done it a number of times. But what he is saying is, just be led. Just trust me. Just trust me in this. And if, and if whatever it is, if you'll mix faith with that, God is going to is going to do all kinds of things with it. It's really all about a heart condition more than anything. One more story, 2 Kings chapter 4. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, your servant, my husband, is dead. Elisha knew this couple, 
Like he's like your servant. You know, you knew him. He died. And you know that he revered the Lord. So he was a godly man. He was a godly man. But now his creditor, look at this, is coming to take my boys as his slaves. So back in Bible days, if you took out a loan and you couldn't pay for it, it was actually legal to come get your kids and make them work off the debt until it's paid for. Well, you would think because the guy died, all debts are forgiven. Nope. He had some debt. The creditor comes to her and says, listen, I'm coming for your boys. They got to work off their father's debt. You can imagine the panic in this woman, right? Elijah replied to her and said, how can I help? We read that and we think he's like being very generous. But actually, in, in this case, he's like, what do you want me to do? Like, how can I help? In other words, there is repercussions to our decisions that we make, friends. Even though we make stupid decisions, the consequences of those stupid decisions may follow us. God's still a good God, but there's still consequences to those decisions. So Elisha's like, what do you, what do you, want, what do you want me to do? Right? I've, I've felt this way several times in ministry. People come to us and they tell us what's going on in their life. And I'm like, okay, um, what, what do you want me to do about this situation? But I love Elijah's response because he looks at her and he says, well, what do you got in your house? What do you got? In other words, you're going to have to pay this off. It's kind of the law. It's just how this works. You went into debt you owe it. There was no bankruptcy back then. There was no way to get out of it. No debt forgiveness. Like you owed the money. And so he, he says to her, what do you got in your house? Look at her response. Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing. And again, I understand when you're kind of up against the wall a little bit and like, the mortgage is due or the rent is due and the, you know, the car needs tires and we need gas and like the power bill is next week. Like you can look at your checking account sometimes and go, we ain't got nothing. Right. And, and she's like, there is nothing at my house. I mean, except a small, look at her words, a small jar of olive oil, a, a small I just, what do you have? I ain't got any, I just got a little bit of oil. That's it. I got a small jar of oil. We only have seven loaves and two small fish. The widow woman put in two small copper coins. All throughout the Bible, we see human nature's reflection of what we feel like we have. We feel like we ain't got nothing. Is what we feel like. And she's like, I ain't got nothing. But if you finish the story, Elisha told her, okay, so you got something. You've got something, right? Yeah, I got a small jar of oil. Okay, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go ask all your friends and neighbors for every jar they've got. And back in Bible days, they didn't have glass. It wasn't jars, it was like pottery is what they had, right? Pottery. Go ask them for all their empty jars. They're just... Taking up space anyway, they'll probably give them to you. They're like pallets. You know what I mean? Like, I just need them gone. Like, just get rid come get them. 
just come get them, right? Talk, some of these businesses are like, just get them. They're like Walmart bags, amen? It's like, no, seriously, you can take them. Take all, I got a, I got a trash bag full of Walmart bags, okay? Like, come get them. And so he's like, go, go ask your neighbors for all, their, for all their jars. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to pour the oil out of your vessel into all of those. And you just keep pouring as long as there's vessels to pour into. Right? And so here's her kids. Her and her kids walk around. Ding dong. Hi. Got any vessels like we can, we can use? Oh yeah, please take them all. So they're bringing carts full of pottery home. And I can imagine, because the kids have pretty invested interest in this. They're the ones going into slavery if this doesn't work. Come on, let your kids be a part of God's miracle in your life. Let your kids be a part of the story. I mean, age appropriate. Don't tell them, we're going to lose the house. Don't, don't tell, don't. Age appropriate. We're going to believe God that we can pay rent this month. We're going to believe God that we can pay the mortgage this month. We're going we're gonna to pray together. We need God to supernaturally move in our life. Amen? And he will. And he will. Don't go, oh, if he doesn't do it, we're, we're going to be kicked out. No, that puts in fear in their life. Amen? So here's the kids. They got all these vessels. You can imagine they're like, oh, here we go. Because, I mean, they, they can't. It's dark. Like, it's not glass. So she, it's not very much. And so she starts to pour. And I can imagine as the oil started running out of that jar into the other jar, she just stayed right there. <laughs> Didn't move, right? Didn't move. And she's like, quick, grab another one. You know what I mean? I'm just going to stay right here. You ever been in a, you know, a fountain and you just kind of do this? You know what I mean? I'm sure that's what was going on. They got all these jars and they're like, no, give me another one. Give me another one, right? Give me another one. <laughs> and, and the Bible says as long as they had a vessel, as long as they had a jar to pour into the oil kept flowing. Wow. And so she was like here the whole time. Oh, give me another one. Give me another one. Give me another one. And then she finally said on the, on the last one, she's like, give me another one. And one of her sons was like, that was the last one. And the Bible says, and the oil stayed. In other words, it stopped flowing. She came back to Elisha and she was like, okay, I got all this oil. Now what? Go sell it. Go sell it. And so she did. She had a, you know, fresh market. Here we go. Farmer's market. I don't know. Like, this is some pretty good, you'll like this oil. <laughs> Supernatural oil. Here we go. Like, on sale today. Here we go. The Bible says she sold it all, paid her debt, and the Bible says, and was able to live off the rest. So not only did she pay the debt, she was able to sustain life for who knows how long because of the supernatural work of God. Amen, everyone? So don't, like we have to esteem our seed. God can take whatever it is that we put in this offering today and he can multiply it supernaturally. And all the way throughout scripture, we see how people view, or their view of money, and it was, we always have this, I just don't have enough. No, use what you can and sow it in faith and watch what God does with it. Amen, Amen everyone. Woo, here we go. Now, before we, before we receive the offering today, I, I just want to shell, uh, shell? No, celebrate with you um, 
what we have done, okay, as a church. As a, so already this year, up until this weekend, we have given over $110,000 away as a church. Amen. Praise God. So you, you have given over $110,000 away. I mean, we're a part of that. We give too. But um, to A21, which is a uh, ministry that rescues women and children uh, out of sex trafficking and work, work, work uh, yes. slavery, um, we gave $2,700 away. To the Ark, which um, we'll show a video from them here in a second, we gave 18250 Conduit, uh, we've given 7200 FLI, $6,000, Mayaz, which is a, a ministry that ministers to Jewish people. And you're like, why are they ministering to Jewish people? Well, here's what you need to understand. The, the nation of Israel, or so Jews, still believe the Messiah is yet to come. They don't necessarily believe that Jesus was the Messiah. So they're living still to this day under the Mosaic Covenant. Maoz is on the ground. They're Jewish people who have had an encounter with Jesus. And they're, they're ministering the love of Jesus to the Jewish nation. And they're seeing Jewish people come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We've given them 82.5. Um, when the hurricane hit Fort Myers... Uh, we're actually in relationship with the church down there. We gave them $5,000 to help with the hurricane uh, efforts down there. We actually have given $10,000 to North Star Church right here in Mays County. Amen. And you're like, Amen. We're not in competition with the other churches, friends. If every seat in every worship environment in this county was full, during every available service time, there's still not enough seats in this town to fill all the people that, that would want to sit in them, that, that need to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So we're for every other church in this community. Yeah, that's right. We're not against them. We actually had Pastor Roy here um, a few months ago doing a, a staff meeting for our staff. And uh, I actually, I was out of town that day, but um, Pastor Taylor was telling me about it. And as he was here talking to our staff, he started talking about how they're believing God for a, for a church building. But their storehouse, listen to this, they are the largest food pantry in Northeast Oklahoma. Amen. And I think they're the, I don't want to say something, I mean, it's being recorded, so I don't want to say something that may not, if this is not true, tell me. But I heard that they were the largest in Oklahoma. And so they're making a difference right here in Mays County. And so um, Pastor Roy was praying about, you know, their building and getting their people all excited about it. And the weekend that they were going to come up and kind of receive the offering to kind of break ground, they've got land, they're ready to do it. Um, the Lord told him and says, I want you to double the footprint of the storehouse, which is their food, food bank ministry. You, it's, it's, you, you could do so much more if you just had a larger space. So he came up and told the church, hey, instead of building the building, we're actually going to build another food pantry. Well, Pastor Taylor and the rest of our staff was like, well, we've got like $10,000 in our savings account that we are, we've earmarked for our resource center that we're believing God for. So he just wrote a check and gave it to them. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. One Hope, we've given um, uh, $5,000 to them, but then we gave an additional $5,500 when we found out that Russia invaded the Ukraine, 
and one hope who was already established there was as bombs were going off in Ukraine, were sending their volunteers in buses to get these children out of orphanages and get them to safety. And so they sent out a letter and said, listen, we're on the ground in Ukraine. We don't know what to do. We do know what to do, but we're, like, we're believing God and we're asking our partners to help us. We need, we need funds now. We need to pay for gas. We need to rent buses. We need to, you know, there's hotel, there's lodging. What can we do? We gave them $5,500 to help with that. Hospital baskets, meals, funeral meals, flowers. We've given like close to $7,000 for that. Benevolence, um, $13,900. Foster care, $9,500. Giveaways, local outreaches. All of this stuff, it's totaled to $110,000 that you guys have given. Amen. Praise God. We've seen hundreds of people saved this year. Dozens of baptisms. Um, on top of all of that, we've also paid down our first mortgage, $91,000. Amen. Praise God. We've, um, we've uh, put that, uh, that playground in at foster care, or at fostering Mays County. Um, we, we put that playground in, finished that up. It's all done now. Um, we actually bought, you guys may have not known this, but um, if you were here for last Wednesday, the baptismal that we had in the lobby is new. And they want some money for baptismals now, okay? And so we got super creative, and we just got a, a stock tank, the little plastic ones that you see the farmers have in the back of their trucks. We got one. We just cut the top of it off, and we just had to make sure it would roll through these double doors. The one we had wouldn't roll through these double doors. And so we were like measuring stock tanks. What do you guys do all day? Measure stock tanks, like, you know what I mean? And then we bought one, cut the top off of it, rolled it in here, and we washed a bunch of people on last Wednesday, amen? So praise God for that. We did. Created a new kid's space in the gym. Um, you guys keep having children. <laughs> like church growth, amen. Here we go. One way or another. <laughs> uh, and so... We've got, we had to move some of our kids into the gymnasium area, so we had to get some pipe and drape. We had to put some stuff over there. The youth ministry has moved from Sunday nights back to Wednesday nights, and so they've got some stuff going on over there. So it's just been a really, really great year for us. And if you're new with us, um, I think it would be fair for you to see who we're sponsoring, who we're supporting, and what we're going to do with this offering. And so the first one that I asked them all to kind of send us a video and give us an update. The Bible says in Mark chapter 16, verse 15, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And that is the assignment on all of us. But some of us can't go physically. So what do we do? We send our resources to help them. Um, I don't know about you, but I don't necessarily want to live full time in Uganda. I don't want to live full time in the Ukraine. It's not my assignment, thank the Lord, but it's also, it does not absolve us from the responsibility to still help the Word of God get passed down through those areas. And so, for those of you who may be new to us, I want to share with you some of the organizations that we help. One of them is called the Association of Related Churches, and um, they are a church planting organization, meaning this. They, they actually helped us start back in 2009. We are Ark Plant 105. So we were the 105th church that they had started back in 2009. Today, as you're going to see, we're well over 1,000. 
and they're planting churches all over the world, but they're counting the ones right here in, in the United States of America. So they sent us a video. Take a look at this. Hey, what's going on? Dino Rizzo here at ARC, and what a year we have had in 2022. Aren't you glad we're in 2022? And this has been a big year at ARC Association Related Churches. We had a big milestone. A thousand churches were planted. We just kept going on from there. We launched 63 churches uh, in 2022. And I just give God the glory. 11 of those churches were global launches, and it's all because of generosity. And I want you to think about that, because of your generosity, over $7 million went to be invested into those church planters. And because of that also, this is important, over 14,330 people attended a launch day service. First services at those churches, this is the important thing. 556 people accepted Jesus Christ on those Come on, launch amen, day. praise God. All of heaven rejoices, that the Bible tells us. And I think that is so important because that's a reflection of your heart to give. So I'm thankful for you and your church. And when you think about it, we're training leaders. I had almost 8,000 leaders and pastors uh, that connected at many of our events and roundtables and gatherings. Had about 600 pastors and church planters that are equipped through ARC launch training events, which is super important in what we do and what you're giving to. So that brings us up to 1,057 churches that have been launched through ARC uh, since the beginning of 2000. Our founder, Billy Hornsby, that was his heart. And all those that give and all the leadership here at ARC, we are just so grateful. I thank you from the bottom of our heart that you're part of this mission to be uh, everything we can to plant a life-giving church, a thriving church in every community, all for the message of Jesus Christ. And we're excited about next year. We've got 38 churches right now that are lined up, going to be adding more to that, that are preparing to launch in 2023. All of those churches represent thousands of people that are gonna hear the message of Jesus Christ. And I believe our best days are ahead of us. We're gonna plant some of our greatest churches next year. So thank you for being a part of this incredible mission and your generosity and your giving is bringing glory to God in Jesus' name. Thanks a lot. Amen, come on. I love it. You know, the church, the, the church is the hope of the world. I mean, Jesus is the hope of the world, but the church is the primary way in America, that that, that message gets, that gets broadcasted. And so our partnership with them, they're, they're launching churches just like this one in every, every state in the United States of America. So if you've got friends and relatives or whoever that wants, you want to find a church like this, you can actually go to the ARC website and find a church just like this one in those communities. Our next organization that's probably the dearest one to my heart is One Hope. Um, we believe in the Word of God around here, and we know that the Word of God is important, and One Hope has found out a way to take the Word of God, and their mission is to get it, the Word of God, the Holy Bible, into the hands of every single child on the face of the planet. And so, and they've done it in a way, they've, they've made it... Um, They've, they've made it like a comic book so that the kids are interested. They've actually sewn millions into um, creating the Bible experience for kids, which is an online platform. Well, I'll show you that here in a second. Um, but they wanted, to, they wanted to send a message to us here at Your Place Church about what we have done in 2022, and they want to tell you about what's going on in 2023. Take a look at this. This is One Hope. 
Your Place Church, Pastors Darian and Tyra, man, we love you guys here at One Hope, and we are so thankful for the way that you prioritize sharing the hope of God's Word at home and all around the world. You are truly making a difference in the lives of children and youth. And through your partnership here at One Hope, Scripture engagement programs are being given to the next generation, and God's Word is transforming their lives. Your generosity has reached over 77,000 children and youth with God's Word this year alone. That is amazing. And you have extended our kingdom impact exponentially. Here's an update from our president, Rob Hoskins. We're making progress in sharing God's Word with 138 million children and youth this year. Our biggest in 35 years. God's Word, every child. It's not just a catchy phrase. It's what we're working towards every day. As a faithful partner, you're a key part of making this mission a reality. We've already hit some incredible milestones this year. 71 translations of our programs have been completed in other languages this year. We'll be able to reach even more communities with these scripture programs. And our digital program continues to grow. So far, more than 14 million children and youth have been reached through a One Hope digital program. One of our newest programs is called the Kids Bible Experience. This initiative has reached over 5 million users on the YouVersion Bible app. Through this program, preteens are developing a daily habit of engaging with God's Word. I'm thankful for all of our ministry partners who are sharing hope in their nations and communities. Our team in Eastern Europe also continues to respond to the devastating crisis in Ukraine. We've been working with church partners in Ukraine for decades, and through these long-lasting relationships, we have partners on the ground right now continuing to make a difference. So far, more than one and a half million children and youth in Ukraine and refugees in the surrounding countries have received God's word this year. Partners like you are making this possible. With your help, we've been able to share hope and meet practical needs like providing food and shelter and transportation and other aid. Thank you again for your partnership and for the way you serve Christ and his global church. Together, we're changing the world, one child at a time. Come on, amen, praise God. I love it. Now you heard two big numbers there, 1.3 million is who they've reached this year, but then you heard the gentleman up front, Josh, talk about 77,000. That's just who your place, church, has reached. We have reached, as a community of believers, 77,000 children with God's Word in 2022. Amen? And uh, praise God, yeah. And if you're familiar with version, so this is the app, the Bible app that Life Church uh, puts out, and um, probably the, the number one Bible app out there, but if you'll scan down on the homepage all the way to the bottom, this orange box, that is One Hope. That is, their, that is their kids' Bible experience. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, these, these videos up here for the adults, they're good. They're good. These are incredible. <laughs> like, I find myself watching the kids' stories more than I watch some of the adult stories because it's just so good. And then the last one I wanted to share with you is really our partner um, in Haiti, uh, Uganda, um, Guatemala, it's Conduit Missions. We've known uh, Pastor Darian, or Darren, I'm Darian, he's Darren, Darren Tyler. Uh, we've known them since, I mean, when we, before we, like we were in high school, he was in Bible school. 
Um, and they had started, he was actually in the music industry. He, he, he was the manager for a lot of Christian bands that you guys probably remember from the 90s. Um, he was their road manager and um, was partnered with Compassion. Um, but what he wanted to do is he would, they called it conduit missions. And a conduit just takes resources and sends them to another place, right? Conduit. Um, and so they felt like they were called to take resources from people who have them and give them to people who don't. And so that's what they spent their last several years doing. Well, they came to Your Place Church in like 2010, and we sat down with them, had a big Compassion Weekend. They're, they're partners with Compassion International. And afterwards, we took them to dinner, and he started asking us about how we launched Your Place Church. And uh, I thought it was peculiar, like, why are you asking all of this? And he says, well, honestly, he says, I just have it in my heart to start Conduit Church someday. And I'm like, there's no better time like the present, right? And it wasn't just a few months later. They started Conduit Church um, in Franklin, Tennessee. And every year they've been making a huge impact. And uh, most recently they're building a school in Uganda. And it's not just a school. It's actually a church. They tell you about it. Take a look at this. When people think about planning a church, they think about just building a building. Sticks and mud and, and stones and you stack it up and then you meet there once a week. And I want to tell you, in Uganda, it's nothing like that. We plan a school. The school becomes an opportunity for children to get their very first taste of education. That school doubles as a church where people come in and meet Jesus. And then we plan a well where people can get access to clean water. Every day they gather in church or in school, they're being fed a meal. And for many of these kids, they have no other access to a good meal. They have no other access to a full plate. Even the least of these, he said, you did it for me. And what comes next is access to medical facilities, medical care that they never had before. The children in these villages, their future is radically shifted. It's changed forever. Their children's children will have the chance to learn and to learn who Jesus is. If you imagine a church just being stones and bricks that make a building that you just join in once a week, that's not what Jesus had in mind. He had in mind a church that overcame the gates of hell, one that didn't back down from anything, one that overcame the gates of, of poverty, one that overcame the gates of dirty drinking water, of witchcraft, of malnutrition, of suffering, of lack of medical care. Jesus' church overcomes those things, and that's what we see here. There's so much argument and conjecture and discussion about what the local church does, but I want to tell you here in Uganda, it transforms the community. Come on, amen. I love it. <clears throat> so that's, that's the most recent thing they're doing. For, for us as a community of believers over the last 12 months, what we've been able to do is partner with them, and it's, they're in a... They're in a a nation that they don't like me to say publicly because of um, if they find out they're there, then the people that they're ministering to are actually subject to some pretty life-threatening situations. But what they've been able to do is rescue people from work slavery type situations. Um, brick kilns are a pretty big deal over there, and basically they're like today's payday loan places, except the um, situations are much harsher. 
Um, so I'll give you a situation. Um, the mom's pregnant. They don't have money to go to the hospital to deliver the baby. They'll go get a loan from one of these brick kiln owners, and then they can't pay it back. So what happens, much like the day in Elisha's day, they take the whole family into slavery. So it's actually still happening today. Um, one of the parents gets sick. They can't afford to pay the medical bills, so they go get a loan from one of the brick kiln owners, and then they, they get better. They take the whole family into slavery, and they're going to pay off the debt, right? Except that the interest on the debt is higher, and they'll never be able to pay it off. And so they're kind of trapped. They want, they want medical attention, but they can't afford it, so they get this loan. At least they're alive, but they're in work slave camps for the rest of their life. And so what we've been able to do as a, as a church is we've been able to buy families out of slavery. And so I think it's like $1,800 is, the, is the, what most loans that they've got, you know, is, is, and $1,800 is the only thing stopping them from being set free. Some of these people have been in these slave camps for 18 years. 18 years. Just their kids have, were born and raised in these camps. They've never known what freedom was like. And so over the last 12 months, us as a community of believers, we have paid to get some of these families out of these slave camps. Amen. Praise God. And because we don't want to just set them free with no resources to get, to get started, typically it takes about $500 to get them set up and then they can start their own business, sugar cane, you know, coconuts, whatever it is that they sell, they go harvest, they plant, and they, they start their own businesses and they're able to take care of their own families. And so our partnership with Conduit is huge. It really is. And so again, I could go on and on and on talking about all the different places that we support as a, as a church, but I would be remiss if I didn't spend the last few minutes not talking about fostering Mays County right here in Mays County, Oklahoma. Um, amen. Several years ago, a couple of ladies in our church, um, we've always been a part of foster care at Your Place Church. From the very, very day we landed in Pryor, um, I volunteered with the Chamber of Commerce and the director of the Chamber of Commerce. I asked, where does, where does Pryor hurt the most? Like, what is, what, where do they hurt the most? And she had just gotten off the phone with the DHS contact that she has right here in Mays County. And I think the number then was 200 kids in foster care right here, right here in prior Mays County area. 200 kids were in foster care. And um, the state of Oklahoma was cutting funds less and less and less. And so here we have all of these parents who are willing to take in children, um, but to clothe them and resource them, the, the resources were getting less and less and less to do so. And so we started doing what we called Best Dressed in Mays County, 13 years ago, and we would get brand new clothes, our church, we would just receive brand new clothes, and we would just give them to the foster care parents. Well, that evolved to what it is now. A couple of ladies in our church started fostering Mays County, and uh, it's a nonprofit organization. It's separate of the church, but the church has a pretty good little influence in that, um, mainly because the leaders of that worship here. And so we've actually got a, they, they, they got an apartment complex right here in Pryor. And that apartment complex, every one of the apartments we've gone through, and we've, so is others, there's other churches that are involved, and we've renovated those apartments. And so now we have visitation spaces. DHS, their goal is never to just take kids away from biological parents. The goal is reunification. That is their goal. 
And with that, it's teaching parents how to take care of their kids, how to get a job, how to get set free from addictions. Like, that's the goal. Finding placement for children is hard. It's hard. They don't want to do it. The goal is to get them back with their parents. But what this apartment complex has given them an opportunity to do is create a visitation space where the biological parents can come, hang out with the, with the kids in a safe place. We've also got boutiques set up where new foster parents can come in. They can shop for brand new clothes. Amen. Brand new clothes. Pick out the sizes that they need, and it's all free. There's been times that we've, they've needed a car seat, a, a, a bed. We've got these two kids. We just need a bed. I, I've, told, I've told Valerie, listen, anything foster care needs, just do it. Just do it. You don't have to ask for permission anymore. Oh, and they need a car seat. Buy them a car seat. They need a set of bunk beds. They got, they got a set of twins. Get them bunk beds. Like we just want to, we just want to minister to the least of these. And these foster care parents, their, their funding has been cut. And so they're just doing it out of the generosity of their heart. Amen, everyone. Plus, we realize that depending on the size of this offering today, we like to make these little gift cards available to the DHS workers because what we found out is they're going in the middle of the night, they're getting these kids out of these homes, and they're hungry. They haven't eaten in days, some of them. And so they're driving through the drive-thru and paying out of their own pocket to feed some of these kids. And so we're like, man, how can we resource them? How can we, how? and so they got a card now that they can go and they can use it to buy these kids some, you know, some, some food or even just minister to their basic needs. Amen. It's a big deal. And so just, just some, some things, 14 families have 61 children in, uh, in their care. 29 of those children have, have used the visitation rooms at least one time this year. Um, that does not include all the other like counties. So Rogers County, Delaware County uh, is using some of our space over here. Um, they've had over 1,500 visits to their, to their areas. They've given approximately 300 outfits away this year. 10 beds were provided, 25 car seats, plus we did the playground. Come on, we can celebrate that. Amen. It's a big deal. And of course, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but I really believe that your place, church, you've heard me talk a little bit about the Resource Center. 2023, we're launching. We're launching that Resource Center in 2023, whether we have a space for it or not. We're going to start, we're going to start ministering. Amen. Praise God. In 2023. Amen. So I'll talk more about that as we get into our next series. Um, But I've always said this, the number one thing I can do for you as your pastor, other than introduce you into a relationship with Jesus, it's to teach you how to hear the Holy Spirit speak to you. That's the number one job I have. And I asked you guys to pray about this offering three weeks ago. Because the Bible says, listen, when you give... First, or 2 Corinthians chapter 9, each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give. Not, under, not, not reluctant or under compulsion. This is not me going, you gotta give. I said, three weeks ago, I said, just pray about it. Just pray about it. Whatever the Lord tells you to do, do it. I don't, we don't ever tell people what they should give. 
We say, you should have a conversation with Jesus. Whatever he says, do that. That's what we say, and that's how we handle every offering. And it's, it's the same for this one. Amen? And so we're believing God to do something significant. And already, this, already first service, we've already outdone every year previously just in the first service. Amen. Just because, because the people of your place church get the vision of what we're doing. And so I'd love to see this service just add to that. Amen, everyone? So stand up with us. I'm going to pray with you guys. Several ways to give. The offering buckets are in the back of the room. If you've got cash or you want to give by check today, offering envelopes are in the back of the room also. All of it is tax deductible. We'll give you a letter in January. There's several ways to give. We'll put them online. This is the way most people at our church seems like the, mo- the way most people give is this way. If you go online, you can actually find um, there's actually a tab when you, when you click the give and when you go down there, it actually breaks it up. Future facilities or projects, that's going to be paying off our first note. So that's the 91000 And that's also going to be the resource center some days, that one. Local missions, next generation, and national missions. So you can actually divide it up how, how, where you want it to go. And we'll just honor that. Amen? But I want to pray with you. And I want to release faith with you. We're not just doing this as a charitable donation. We're partnering with God. You're not given to one hope. You're given to the Lord through the vehicle of one hope. You're not just given to fostering Mays County. You're given to the Lord through the vehicle of fostering Mays County. Amen? Father, we love you. Father, we count this a privilege to give. Many of us, Father, we've been waiting for this day because this was a part of our 2022 vision list was to give a significant amount towards what you're doing on the planet today. So, Father, doesn't matter the size, just matters the heart. Lord, we prayed three weeks ago. Several of us have come prepared today with the checks already written, uh, already have given online, whatever that looks like. Father, we're just ready to see what you're going to do with it. Father, we don't, we, we esteem the seed. We don't, we don't water it down, Father. We don't, we don't think of it as small. Father, we realize that you're able, just like the woman with the oil, you're able to take what we have and do incredible things. You're able to multiply it. And so, Father, we just, we count it a privilege to give in this offering today. And Lord, I thank you that you bless us. You bless the people that give, Father, because our heart is to be a generous church. And Father, you said you would give seed to the sower. So Father, as we sow seed this weekend, Lord, I thank you that you're causing the harvest to find us, that even as we go into 2023, because Lord, you've got some big things planned for us as a church in 2023. And Lord, we're excited to be a part of it. So Lord, look over your word to perform it in our lives today in Jesus' name.